Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Stephen Krempel with Winning in the Work World. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, thanks for having me, Lee. Great to be on the show. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Winning in the Work World, uh, who you're serving, and how do you do it? Well, Lee, uh, you know, Winning in the Work World, as the title suggests, uh, we help individuals either entering the workforce or those who've been in the organization to help to get a little bit more visible and stand out, especially to their senior management. So it's uh, all the people who are working. Though. So um, how did you get in this line of work? What was the catalyst for your business? Well, actually, it's kind of interesting. You know, I've had a, a pretty long corporate career in, uh, you know, four Fortune 500 companies, actually the more four Fortune 200 companies. And then at the end, I decided, you know, what am I going to do? And the reason I actually found was I saw many of my colleagues being bypassed for promotion or, or getting that, you know, that choice project, not because they were not smart, hardworking uh, people, but, you know, they just were not visible enough to senior management. And, and you know how that how important that is when you need to be picked by, you know, by them. Right. So. So now, um, so in your career, I guess you were picked more times than uh, your colleagues? <laughs> well, let's put it this way, though. I think I understood the rules of the game, which is one of the techniques that we teach people. You have to figure out the rules of the game. And then you have to decide in those five situations that the senior management either see or hear you that you need to be seen or heard, though, right? You can be at the meeting, but if you're the quietest one or the one that doesn't say anything, then you might just be overlooked. So it's a little bit of a strategy, Lee. So uh, when did you realize that there was more to uh, kind of moving up the corporate ladder than just doing good work? Well, I can I share a story, Lee? So this happened to me um, way back in my first uh, first job. <clears throat> You know, the regional HR guy came to me and said, hey, uh, Krempel, uh, I'm going on a, a two-week regional trip. I want you to review all our processes and tell me what's wrong and missing. And uh, when I come back, you let me know. I'm going, wow, this is my chance because I'm really good at pointing out mistakes and finding faults. So, so the guy comes back and he says, hey, Krempel, come on to my room and uh, tell me what's wrong. So I went to his room. I said, Jason this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is missing, this is missing. And I don't know who was in the, this, my position before I came in, but that person wasn't obviously doing their job. He paused for about two seconds, then he said, I was the person that was in that position. And I go, oops, I just put my foot in my mouth, right? And then he said this, which changed my life forever. He said, Krembo, just remember this, though. If there's a problem or something going on that is not right in the organization, there's probably somebody in the room, i.e. the most senior person, that either has not fixed the problem or they are the ones that caused the problem. 
So what you should have told me was this. He says, all you should have said was, Jason, if we just tweak this, this, and this process, and maybe improve this and this process, and added this one thing, our, our organization would be so much better. And I would have said, great job, please carry on. And then it, it dawned on me that most senior people don't want to hear what's wrong. They want to hear what you're going to do to make it right. And it switched my total, from a communication standpoint, one of the aspects is going from negative to positive, right? Now, um, but to me, it's uh, it's also kind of requiring of yourself to think more like an owner than an employee. Uh, like try to get to the heart of the problem and solve it, not just to kind of be a cog in the machine and just go along with a broken machine. That's right. Don't, don't tell me the problem. Well, you can raise the problem, but the ones that get more visible are the ones that can raise the problem, maybe provide a solution or provide some alternatives that, you know, that senior management should consider to get it done or fixed or resolved or improved or, you know, any one of those things. And it's, and it's really, really important to have that now, how do you counsel the individual that feels like they're doing good work and that there's somebody that's doing lesser work, but they're just able to either kind of, I don't want to say steal the work or maybe steal the credit or kind of, you know, pretend like they're doing the work in front of senior management, but they're really not. Yeah. So, you know, this is not a fair world, uh, Lee, as we all know. And some people, you know, I, I come across some of those in my, my career as well, right? Um, however, they understand the rules of the game, though. That there are a couple of things that you have to consider. Firstly is there's a, a two numbers that we talk about all the time. It's called 95 and 5. And that's why the book is called The 5% Zone, right? So 95% of the time, you need to be yourself. However, in the 5% times, and the 5% times we defined as being in the presence of people two levels and above in the organization, how you act in the 95 is not the same as how you act in the 5%. So when you are in the presence of the person who is, you know, two levels above you, so your boss's boss or your supervisor's supervisor, you need to really pay attention and figure out what they are looking for and give it to them. And, and most people go, well, Stephen, you know, that's acting and that's not being true to myself, right? However, that's where you shoot yourself in the foot, though. Because in a corporation, people act slightly differently at different times. Though. And then most people go, well, that's not being authentic. And then I give them this example, Lee. I say, look, you change all the time, though. When you are in the office, you know, you act one way. When you go out drinking with your old college or university buddies, you know, you act totally different. And if you were married and you went to your mother-in-law's house, you act totally different. And if you went to the game and your team has just scored, you act different. And if you were a person of worship, you act different if you went to that place of worship. So we know how to change. But somehow in the organization, people go, well, you see, I'm not like that, I'll let my work speak for itself. And then they miss out on the opportunity because some of them don't get to meet their bosses or their boss's boss very often, right? So, so the, and, and unfortunately, that's the, the, the truth and I'm kind of telling it like it is, Lee. Now, what do you tell to the person, especially we're dealing with a lot of, of um, 
conversation about diversity and inclusion nowadays. Yeah. How do you kind of counsel the folks that just maybe uh, for a lot of people, there is that 5% time they're in front of your boss's boss. But for some people, you know, it might be a 1% or a 0.5% time uh, that they're in yeah. front of that person. So totally, right? So, you know, then it's even even more important uh, to focus on that 0.5% or 1% because people kind of give you credence. So I, I do a lot of work in... Uh, with diversity groups, you know, I I, uh, uh, I I come from a diverse background myself, so I know exactly the situation. Um, uh, and your opportunity as a diverse person or a person of diversity is actually better if you say, let's say you're in your 1% meeting and you asked a great question when you ordinarily would have kept quiet you stand out even more. In fact, it's no more one X. I call it the three X, right? Because you now have people go, wow, you know, this Steven guy, he actually, you know, thinks pretty clearly though. I'm looking for somebody. Now, whom do I remember? I remember Steven because he actually asked a great question and that's probably the only thing he said or had opportunity to say in that meeting. So for those people who are 0.5% or 1% time, it's even more importantly. So now let's walk through a scenario like that. Yeah. Okay, so now I know I'm a maybe a person of color. I'm uh, uh, in one of these small subsets. There's not a lot of me in this uh, yeah. in the office, and I'm getting invited to one of those meetings. So I know yeah. a week ahead I'm going to be there, and there's going to be you know all the muckety mucks are going to be there and me. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so what am I doing to prepare? Number one, what am I doing to prepare to, to kind of maximize my opportunity? Because I'm going yeah. to think strategically now that I read your book. So I'm thinking yeah. strategically. So now <laughs> what do I do? What homework am I doing? Number one. And number two, after the meeting, what kind of follow-up am I doing to kind of lock in that to keep me top of mind? Okay, very good. You're brilliant, Lee. So at the meeting, there are only three things that I tell people you can do. There are only three. So those who are listening, take it this down. Number one, you're either making a point. So you're either articulating a point of view. That means you, you're saying something, right? Number two, you ask a question. That's the second thing you can do. Or number three, you summarize. Them. So you're summarizing at the end because the leader will say any question or comments. Though. So if, you, if you're not familiar with the topic, then I suggest maybe you don't do a, you add a point of view because you may be out of your depths, right? But you could ask a question, but that presumes you have a great question that you've already thought through and brought to the meeting because you know the topic of the meeting. Or if the worst thing happens, Lee, and you don't, you don't say, you, you don't articulate a, a point of view, you don't ask a question, and then right at the end, you know is the opportunity. And when the leader says, any question or comments, you put up your hand and you don't even have to say anything. All you have to do is say, you know, Lee brought up a great point about ABC and Stephen over there brought up a great point about X, Y, and Z. I think I like Lee's point and I'm going to tell my peers to do exactly what Lee says. All I did was repeat what Lee and Stephen said, though. but it sounded like I'm participating and carrying that information and doing something with it. 
Now, when it comes to asking a question, I'm sure that a lot of folks that are in that position are afraid of asking a question that might be considered dumb or obvious or to kind of uh, show that maybe they aren't knowledgeable and they should have known this. Yep. Well, uh, there again, there are a couple of rules when, you know, if, if you uh, uh, read the book as well, there are a couple of rules around asking questions. Firstly, don't ask a, what we call a negative or trapping question. Um, and, and that is, uh, Lee, you brought up this particular situation, uh, uh, but we don't think it's really good. So what are you going to do about it? So that's trapping you, right? No leader wants to do that. They will answer the question, but their memory of you is you're asking a negative and a challenging question. We say that any question can be asked either neutrally or positively. And most people just don't know how to do that because they, they think of the issue in their head and it comes straight out their mouth, right? So you can say, you know, nobody agrees with the new strategy. And, and so what are we going to do about it, right? So that's a, obviously a negative question. Or you could rephrase something like that and say, you know, how do we gain the support of all our employees for our new strategy? The answer is exactly the same, Lee. But the impression of the person asking the question, totally different. But that requires kind of pre-planning and kind of kind of doing your homework. You can't just show up and, and think you're going to be able to wing it on the spot. Th- these, these meetings are too rare and you got to kind of get the most out of them. So you can't just go in there and think you're going to wing this. You hit the nail on the head. We, we have another concept, of course, called just the word called preparation, right? Most senior leaders prepare like mad. Though. They just don't tell you, though, right? So I'll give you an example. I flew down from Seattle to uh, Santa Clara to have uh, one of my clients. He said, hey, Stephen, can you come and help me out? I have a 10-minute presentation to my CEO, and uh, I need some of your help, though. I spent four and a half hours with him on his 10-minute presentation, right? But do you think that person's going to stand up in front of his CEO and say, oh, you know, I've been practicing with Stephen for four and a half hours, and I'd like to make my presentation. No, he's going to go up. He's going to stand up, deliver his presentation with a bang, and people are going to go, wow, that guy's a great communicator. He just had four and a half hours practice with me, they don't tell you. Though. So most senior leaders, for those people who are listening, if you have a 1% meeting, 5% or 0.5% meeting, preparation is key. Though. And especially if you know there are only three things you can do, right? Well, and it's a, it's a great point that um, when something looks easy, doesn't mean easy. it was easy. Yeah. <laughs> there was a it lot of... Looks, simple is not easy and easy is not simple, right? Right. There was a lot of work to make it look easy. You know, there was a lot of sweat and tears to make it look easy. And people don't appreciate it. They think like, oh, that's a natural communicator. He's yeah, just yeah, good yeah, on right. his feet. I, I, I was uh, talking to one of the guys who was interviewing me on, uh, on, uh, on a podcast. And then he said, you know, I, we, were, we were doing a show and, and people always ask him, you know, Jason, how come you're so comfortable in front of a camera? Though? He says, between... January of 2020 and April, I've already done 2,000, you know, build mini cast, you know, in, in that four-month period, though. 
I'm a lot better at 2000 than I was at number one though, right? And, and, and people don't realize that, right? They see you doing the 2000th one, right? But they never saw your number one to 10 or whatever you did in the beginning. People get more comfortable and then they become more confident, right? And then, and then that shows when you are, you know, prepared though. So now in your work of coaching people and um, helping them with these kind of skills that you've gained over the years, how has kind of being an entrepreneur and running your own show been different for you or challenging for you as opposed to kind of climbing the corporate ladder? Um, well, as you know, you know, for all entrepreneurs, it d- depends what your goal is, right? In fact, probably the goals are very similar. You, you want to increase your business. You want to be visible in your area, uh, you know, your industry or your, your whomever your target audience you're playing with. And, you have to be seen as somebody who's really good or an authority in that area. Though The same skills apply, though. You know, if I talk about visibility, yes, you know, we talked about corporate visibility. Are you visible in your community or your target audience that you do, right? Do you communicate? How do you communicate to your audience? Though? Are you the person that is able to be clear and concise with their messaging or are you the person that rambles on and on? So many parallels are the same, except that if you are an entrepreneur, you may not have the, what I call the trappings or the infrastructure that if you were a leader in an organization, you would have. So, you know, I, I don't have my team of, you know, 30 people. You could as an entrepreneur, if you have a big business and that's what you want, right? But most entrepreneurs have, don't have the same infrastructure as they do, but they still have the same goals. They need to be visible, they need to increase their business, and they need to communicate to that audience and be seen as an authority. So how do you build your infrastructure to help you become efficient so you can focus on your superpower and not get bogged down by all the stuff that is kind of the minutia of the business that's required for it to run smoothly? Right. So uh, so a couple of choices. Most people have you know, either... Uh, assistance or extended teams that come from other uh, providers or other vendors that can provide either communication services to you, uh, virtual assistant services to you, or uh, even marketing services to you. So that's a choice. Or you can have a small team, right? Uh, I have a small team and I also have a host of different providers that provide me the exact things that I need. And I've just chosen that choice, though, right? I, in the early uh, days, I decided that I did not want to build another organization of 50 or 100 people because in the end, you end up managing people more than managing the business. So I decided to uh, build a business where I have, to, as you said, to do my craft and then have other people just do the other things that are required to make a business run. Now, what's more rewarding for you uh, these days? Is it having one of your clients get promoted or was it when you got promoted back in the day? No, I, I tell you what, I, seeing my clients getting promoted is great. I, I had a, a, a lady that was in a large uh, air, airline or aircraft company here in the U.S. We won't mention names, based in Seattle here. And she was telling me how... Because of the class that we, she took and the, the technique she did in those five situations. So we said, 
There are only five situations that people see you or hear you, right? It's the one-on-one meeting that the leaders have with you. It's the team meeting. It's either the small team or the large, you know, all hands or, uh, or town halls, the conference call, the business presentation, or the company socials. So those are the only five situations, right? And, and she, uh, she did the, uh, the, many of the techniques that we did. She got visible and she got promoted. And, and I, I'm really proud of her, though. Now, um, we talked a little bit about this. So there's the opportunity to shine during those five opportunities or being strategic at a meeting with uh, your boss's boss. How do you recommend kind of the follow-up after one of those incidences occur? Yeah, so there, there are a couple of things, right? <clears throat> uh, and and in, in the book, we call it creating green X's. A green X is something memorable that you do that um, people remember you by. One of the things that usually happens at a meeting, you know, a couple of things, right? So it, depending what time of meeting, usually the boss goes, <clears throat> uh, any volunteers to help me on this team? You know, most people duck their heads and, and scatter out of the meeting because nobody wants to do extra work. So a possibility is putting your hands up and being part of a committee or putting your hands up and saying, Hey, Lee, you know, I, I heard you mention that at the talk. I, I don't mind pulling a team together and doing a little bit of research for that for you. So that's one thing. Sometimes just sending an email and thanking the person about, um, you know, what they said is another thing. How many people do that? They don't, though, I'm telling you. How many? Like you were an executive. Tell me, how many people sent you a thank you? Uh, uh, I can count on my hand, one hand through all the years I've been there. Right. That's shocking, right? That's a missed opportunity. So I'll give you an example, Lee. So I don't teach people anything. I don't do myself or I don't suggest myself. So my youngest daughter was in her first job. Right. And, and this was last year and she's over dinner. She was saying, Hey dad, you know, my CEO just got promoted. Uh, I just got an award. He's one of the five CEOs in the United States that got this award. I go, wow, that's great. Why don't you send him an email? He says, no, 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 I can't do that. I just joined the company for three weeks. I said, no, 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 you can do that. So, of course, dad forced the, bring your phone out and type the email. It says, uh, Mr. So-and-so, I'm, I just saw you on his award. Uh, I'm really proud to be a new employee. Uh, great job. Something like that, right? This one line, though, and send the email. She, she was hesitant as hell. Then when she pressed send, you know, then we stopped the, you know, my bickering. Two hours later, she came down. She said, dad, he replied to me though, right? This is a simple thing. But most people think, you know, because the CEO is a human being as well, right? Right. People want to get noticed. Even they say, hey, great interview. I mean, it can be five words for heaven's sake. A great interview. I'm so proud, right? To be on the team or be in the, on the organization. People don't realize those things. I have one more story to tell. Can I tell one more story? Though? Yeah, go ahead. So I was doing a talk in uh, uh, one of the top insurance companies uh, in, in the U.S. and on the East Coast, right? And I was speaking to a group of 200 interns in that particular year, that summer. So 200 interns, again, I'm doing my spiel, how to you know, win in the work world, uh, how to stand out, yada, yada. And then right in the end, after that, to your point, one intern, one out of 200, wrote me a letter. Now, she didn't send me an email. 
she wrote me a letter though. And in the letter, <clears throat> she essentially rearticulated most of my key lines that I said to her in the letter, which means she showed me that she was listening to me, right? And like I tell people, if you repeat what your boss or your boss's boss says and give it back to them, they think you're brilliant. Though. Let me repeat that in case your listeners missed that. When you repeat what your boss or your boss's boss says to you back to them, they think you're brilliant. Though. And for me, here was this, uh, this young lady who wrote a letter Send it to me and said all the, how what she took away from that talk. Guess out of the you know two hundred interns that year, the com- that company um, hired sixteen. Do you think she was one of the sixteen, Lee? I bet on her. Exactly, she was one of the sixteen, and I'm sure she figured out the rules of the game and gonna get far ahead in that in that company. Yeah, and I can. Um kind of uh, affirm that same things happen. I can't tell you how many young people I said, look, I'm available. You want to learn how to do this. I've been doing this a long time. I've interviewed thousands of executives. I, I know how to do this. I've been doing it for years. If you want to learn more and, uh, you know, firsthand, see how this works, I'm happy to do it. And yeah. like you said, it's a handful of people that really take you up on that. And, I, I, and, yeah, I, and, and the yeah. ones that do, they they win, you know, they benefit. Exactly. It it is it it really is funny because sometimes it's not only the young ones, sometimes people who are mid-career <clears throat> and who are deemingly stuck also try couldn't figure that out because they, they don't do the things that get themselves noticed. And um I, I had the same experience when I was writing my book called You're Hired Not What You Do. That was targeted at the college market, right? So I was interviewing the CFO for Levi's. And I asked him, I said, you know, do you guys uh, have uh, interns? He says, yep, I I usually hire about eight interns every summer. I said, oh, wow, great. Did any one of these interns just stand out to you and did anything different? He said, yeah, out of the eight, only one intern bothered to come to my assistant, book some time with me, half an hour interview, she came in, she asked me one question, and I talked for 29 minutes, though, right? right. So, and then she said, did you, did you hire any of those interns? Yeah, we hired two. Was she one of them? Yep, she was the only one I met. <laughs> so it's like you, you, you knock yourself in the head. You go, for heaven's sakes, people, right? It's right in front of you. It literally it's is right in, front, in of front of you, and it's free. It doesn't require anything other than having kind of the guts to – to just ask and and uh, interact with something, be a little proactive, and it's amazing what's what's yeah. available. Exactly. I mean, it's it, it's re- like we said just now, right? Lee? It's simple, but simple is not easy for some people for for some reason or the other. So, but to get ahead and win in the work world, there there, there are many simple but you know practical things you need to do. Um, just do them. How about that? Well, um, if somebody wants to get a hold of your books um, or work with you directly, uh, what is the website to connect with you? Well, sounds familiar. Go to winningintheworkworld.com. That's the easiest one that you can get to to, to get there. And uh, the book is called The 5% Zone. 
visibility strategies that get you recognized and rewarded in any organization. And you can get that on Amazon. So there's the 5% zone. Sometimes type, type in my name, Stephen Krempel, and it'll pop up. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Lee, thank you so much for having me. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.